0: Welcome into another edition of the Ebony Bird Podcast. I'm your host, Jay McDonald. You can hit me up on Twitter at Jay McDonald ninety five, and you can follow Ebony Bird at ebonybird.com at and ebony underscore bird on Twitter. And of course, you're listening to this through either iTunes or SoundCloud. The official Baltimore Ravens pro- podcast brought to you by Fansighted. Make sure you download our Ebony Bird app from the App Store. We have m- lots of good content up. Uh, Help Ravens superfan be named Fansided Fan of the Year. Uh, This one posted just two hours ago. Eight hours ago, the Baltimore Ravens have overrated stability. And also today, uh, what needs to be fixed during the bye week? And the Ravens must make every effort to bring back Gary Kubiak. All interesting articles and takes all available on the Ebony Bird app and at ebonybird.com. Chris, you wrote this article on the um, on the super fan as we welcome in uh, site experts Chris Schistler and Joe Schiller at Football Man 58 and at Joe Schiller with two R's on Twitter. Before we get started to the show, Chris, why don't you just tell us a little bit about this article that you got up recently?
1: Yeah, well, fan side does the fan of the year, and a Ravens fan, um, John Havoc Atkins, is one of the finalists, so that's awesome, and go to uh the link on the page and you can vote for him to be the fan side of fan of the year and get a Ravens fan some much deserved love.
0: <laughs> so certainly be sure to check that out again, welcoming in our two side experts into the podcast. I'm again contributor Jake McDonald. We want to discuss all things Ravens, we're going to recap the 23-20 loss to the Tennessee Titans from this past Sunday, and then we're going to analyze the first half of the season as the Ravens go into the bye week with a record of 4-5. and five. We'll talk about the Ravens' playoff chase as they are still in it despite their record and a very mediocre AFC and uh, really not a difficult schedule. They still are in the thick of things, particularly on the wild card hunt. And then we will t- we will discuss the comments made by Bernard Pollard on Twitter yesterday. I don't know how much discussion has been made on social media, but if you've looked um, at his tweets, he had some shots at Harbaugh. And I know when he was with the Ravens, he wasn't the biggest fan of him, but really he has some strong opinions on Harbaugh that we want to discuss and see if what Bernard Pollard's saying should be taken seriously or if we should just brush it off to the side. So. Hope everyone's having a good week. I know it's a couple weeks before Thanksgiving, a little time to detox here from the Ravens as they head into their bye week following practice tomorrow. I know certainly, you know, things at college for me, you know, I'm sure Joe's in kind of the same boat just in the semester. uh, Busy as always. We had an interesting... I go to Bloomsburg University up in Pennsylvania. We had an interesting media summit this past weekend that I helped out both on Saturday and Sunday. Saw a lot of keynote speakers. Got to moderate some panels of media professionals in both news, um, entertainment, uh, writing, journalism. Really good opportunity. Got to hand out some resumes and make some connections. So uh, I told some of the people I met about the Ebony Bird podcast. So if any of them happen to be listening to this, uh, thanks again for coming out and spending some time up at our university. So uh, once again, the Ebony Bird podcast. And I guess we should just, you know, start off the bat, we'll go to Joe, and then shoot over to Chris first, recapping a 23-20 loss to the Titans. You know, uh, Joe Flacco threw over 50 times in the game, the most attempts by Flacco this season. He had 49 attempts in the Pittsburgh loss and 41 in the loss to Chicago. The rushing offense was limited to 73 yards. The receivers disappeared again. Uh, Jeremy Macklin led the Ravens with eight catches for 98 yards, but uh, Buck Allen, Watson, and Max Williams were the next uh, top receivers. They outgained the other Baltimore wideouts. Just a horrible performance by Brashad Perryman. He did have a couple catches in the game, and nothing were really game-changing catches. He didn't fight for the ball on a key Flacco interception on the first quarter that led to a a Tennessee touchdown. And trailing 23-13 in the fourth quarter, the defense allowed a nine-play, 75-yard drive that ended in an 11-yard touchdown from Mariota to Decker, which was Decker's first score of the season. The drive only ate up five minutes, but it eliminated – or it kept the Ravens from having any uh, chance to come back. And really, before that drive began, the defense – Defense had a stellar game, um, but, you know, the, the way the Ravens play, particularly on offense, they had no business even having a chance to win this game, making that touchdown scored by the Titans late just all the more appropriate. So, Joe, we'll shoot to you first. So, how are things going down to McDaniel, and how are you uh, recovering from this latest Ravens loss heading into the bye week?
2: Uh, things are going well. I'm pretty busy. Just getting in, finishing up some midterms, getting into uh, finals in the next couple of weeks, so I'll be pretty busy. Um I need this bye week as much as the Ravens do because it was just brutal watching them again this week. Um, they beat themselves. I mean, there's not really much else to say about it. Six points in the first half. I mean, we expect this offense to struggle, and I don't know why the worst, when you have the worst passing game that Joe Flacco's is throwing the ball 52 times. I mean, there's just never a good formula for that when he's doing that. Um, even the rushing game that's been um, relied upon this season that really kind of carried this offense wasn't – wasn't working. Alex Collins um, didn't really have any of the big breakout runs that we've seen him have earlier in the season. He still hasn't gotten to the end zone, which is a little concerning, but I thought the offensive line probably had one of the worst games they've had. We saw Ronnie Stanley go down later in the game um, with a shoulder injury, and uh, hopefully he's okay. It'll be good for this bye week for him to get healthy, because I know he had some shoulder issues coming into this game, and he was able to actually return, which was good, because none of us want James Hurst playing last tackle the rest of the season, but just some stupid penalties. And I remember the one the one drive where the Ravens were backed up in the end zone and Cook had the great punt and Chris Matthews made the um, the tackle on the special team's play and then it got called back from Matthias Bowser. Illegal formation Then Cook shanks the punt and that leads right to a touchdown. And then you have the, the, the Darius Smith um, roughing the passer on Marcus Mariota and just some really dumb penalties that really did hurt the Ravens. And they beat themselves. Um, definitely, those two Flacco interceptions. The first one, Br- Perryman should have gone up and gotten the ball. I mean, that's just not. It doesn't surprise us that he didn't go up and do it because this is how it's been all year. But that second Flacco interception off the back foot was just classic Flacco. Um, he threw it right to the right to the safety, and he covered the receiver so well and picked it off. So um, it's just they're still in it somehow, and this this team still kind of drags us in. But I don't have any really hope for them coming up, even with some of the easy games. Like we talked about it before, they're if they're a playoff team, they're, they're a first round exit. I mean, I just, I just don't really know at this point and this defense is playing well, but they're gassed at the end of the game. I mean, that huge drive that they let up, they just, I mean, what else are you going to do? They've been on the field so much. And at some point they're going to give up uh, the big plays and touchdowns like that. And just some controversial plays. I mean, I know Harbaugh rolled the dice a couple of times going for it. I thought he maybe should have took the field goal at the end and have them try to go down. Um, four touchdown but that's just me um and that fourth and one where they ran the ball down the middle I wasn't a big fan of the spot but when you have an offensive line that's just been banged up this season and weren't getting any push all game to the play called right down the middle with the run was just a little questionable to me I thought maybe you could do something a little different than than they did they had that one kind of um not like end around play but um that one on the fourth down that ended up getting the first down so I don't know it was just it was just a weird game and. The Ravens really were never in it, but they were in it, funny enough. But I don't know. They, they have a they have a bye week, but they need more than a bye week to fix everything that they've got going on.
1: Yeah, I agree with pretty much everything Joe said. I would say this, that the Ravens' defense really needs to work on discipline. The area Smith play was unacceptable. I thought that there were a couple times in this game where you just said, how did they let that happen? Um And the Smith penalty was just one of them. Uh, Dean Pease, I'm am done with them. I'm done with uh, them. You're just gonna sit back there, play the most predictable defense, let it get picked apart. It's not like the Titans were playing well, but they, I mean, the defense is just frustrating. And I'm, I'm sitting there up in the stands. I'm looking, I'm looking down, and I know exactly what's gonna happen before it happens on both sides of the ball. Dean Pease and Marty Morningwick just aren't doing their job. I don't know what Morning we can do with this offense. You look at the wide receivers it that we have. It's just Rashad Perryman, that ball it's a you know, yeah, it gets tipped up in the air. Not really his fault, but then later in the game they have a drop. Uh I mean, he caught a pass and we're like, so he exists. He's not Bigfoot. Um unbelievable. I mean, I Perryman's just been non existent all season and he didn't play his, rookie year so you know i was starting to wonder if we were just imagining his existence it was i'm tired of begging for production for Pashad perryman i'm losing it man i'm losing it but when you look at the ravens offense right now yeah they probably shou- should have just taken the points but if you can't get six inches on that one fourth down you can't get six inches what are you even playing the game for I kind of agree with a lot of the critics saying, "Hey, did you really have confidence that they were going to get those six inches? Did you really, even fourth down situation? Did you have confidence that it was going to work out? No, but you know, I don't hate it. Just when you have the best field goal kicker and the game ends up being way closer than it should be, maybe take the points. Just I, I'm done with this defense. I'm done with this offense. We didn't we didn't blitz at all. We didn't blitz at all. No pressure." The defense folded when it absolutely needed to, and yeah, they had a pretty good game overall. I mean, they did a lot of good things on the defensive side of the football, but it doesn't make a lick of difference when you're getting absolutely no pass rush, you're getting absolutely no stops when you absolutely need them. It's ridiculous. I'm tired of watching this team. It's painful, and you know the only good thing I can say is, you know, when you I was in Nashville, so I just had fun and two hours after the loss. I forgot it was even a loss. I mean, it was just ridiculous, guys. This, I was fuming out walking out of that stadium. I'm fuming because this team literally had every chance to win a game in which the Tennessee Titans really tried to gift wrap this game. The Titans did not take us out of this game. The Ravens had every chance to win it. It comes down to an onside kick you know they're not going to get. It's just unbelievable. I, I can't... I'm, I, I can't imagine a worse performance after a 40 to nothing win at home. I'm, I, I don't have anything else to say. It's just a joke.
0: <laughs> 10 days of rest, too. But, Chris, uh, was that your first visit to Nissan Stadium?
1: Yeah, it was my first visit to Nissan Stadium. I'm going to say Nashville is like the coolest place on earth. That is yeah, will- a fun town.
0: I want to hear, you know, your like, how was the food? How was the pregame or the game presentation? All the gra- like the graphics they had in the stadium or their show? How was the, the city overall?
1: Well, right. I didn't eat at the stadium, but I got some incredible food. There's this place called Paradise Park down on Broadway. Oh my goodness! They I got two big corn dogs, tater tots. They have a barbecue place called, uh, uh, Tag Pork Belly, uh, it's unbelievable barbecue sandwich. All uh, the food was fantastic and the, the, the city was just hopping. I mean, just hopping. I thought the, uh, stadium kind of, Nissan Stadium kind of gave me the vibe of a minor league baseball, uh, because they did so many gimmicky stuff, like, uh, there's a, there's a big check and they blindfold, see if you can get it. They do a bunch of promotional stuff down on the field in between quarters and t- TV timeouts. They even got in the way of Justin Tucker at one point on the field. And he's like, come on, are you kidding me? I mean, it just, um, but there were a ton of Ravens fans there. It, was, it wasn't it was quite 50-50, but there were much more Ravens fans there than you would expect to see in Tennessee. Um, in fact, you go to the bars afterwards, it was, and before and afterwards, it was just one big Ravens party. We had a couple of live bands that uh, came down from Baltimore and performed in some of the bars. That was pretty cool. Um, it was just it was a fun time. It's a great trip. I just I, I was fuming in that stadium though, because that that game was garbage, but it was it was one of the best times of my life without question.
0: Yeah, you don't really think of the Titans as a perennial uh, NFL uh, juggernaut, but certainly Nashville, Tennessee, is a place definitely to uh, on my bucket list to catch a football game in the in the future. So, moving on now, uh, now the Ravens entering their bye week again, as I alluded to earlier. They will practice tomorrow, according to John Harbaugh, um, with his press conference yesterday, and then they will have. Four or five days off before returning next week in in preparation for their road trip out to one of the landmarks of the NFL in Lambeau Field to face the Green Bay Packers. Uh, We'll have to talk about that next week on the podcast. This is more focused on the first half of the season and the Ravens situation as they enter in the bye week looking at the entire AFC. So, you know, the four and five entering the bye week, they're two and two at home, two and three on the road. Uh, About what we expect on the road, but it's certainly losses to Pittsburgh and the Bears at home, not what you normally expect. Uh, certainly disappointing in that regard. Statistically, the Ravens are the 24th ranked offense um, in yards. They're 31st in passing and 4th in rushing. Uh, so really, the passing game has not been to fruition at all what we expected. And the running game really wasn't what we expected at all You know, with Alex Collins and Danny Woodhead going down. Uh, Terrence West being on the sideline for a few weeks, but it sounds like he'll be back. On defense, they're 21st overall. 30th against the run. Very disappointing statistic there. Uh, you know, of course, they lost Brent Urban. They didn't have Brandon Williams for a couple of weeks. But still, they're really struggling against the run. That's really concerning. But uh, the, the pass defense, which has been such a, a thorn in the Ravens side with Jimmy Smith getting hurt over the past few seasons, Currently, knock on wood, they're tenth against the pass uh, going into their bye week, which isn't bad. Uh, certainly, improvement from what we've seen recently in in, in uh, prior seasons. But so many injuries, just you. We've talked about this time and time again. There's no need to mention all the players because we know who, just how many injuries, not just on the Ravens but the entire NFL. Uh, Flacco's regressing, not all his fault, but still, you know, with the offensive line. Uh, being the way it is, and all the injuries they've had, some um, you know low low standards were kind of expected. But still, even uh, when he does have you know after the bye week, and certainly these past few games, still has a couple of plays. Chris mentioned the second interception was bad, throwing off the back foot, still a problem. The, the terrible sliding, the mechanics look bad um, from that standpoint. Brashad Perryman just has been a non-factor at all, is doing more harm than good, as we saw and. You know, defense kind of been disappointing. And Justin Tucker's still our best player, as that's something that's been a problem for a couple of years now, and nothing seems to be changing. Um, We'll go shoot over Chris and then Joe. Where do you stand after analyzing the first nine games at four and five? Really kind of around where they were last season, but I think we're seeing a lot of the same problems that we saw last season. And I don't know where it gets better.
1: Well, the problem is it doesn't get better. The problem is that we need to change. Uh, and I'm afraid of winning right now because if we win, we're just going to be like, okay, well, we were competitive. We'll, we'll, we'll keep everything together. We'll try to, you know, make this work. But no, we need to, we need to just start over. This is, I thought, we thought it after the Bears game and then a lot of us thought it after the Bears game. So the Vikings game happens. We're thinking the same thing. Then we, just drop the Dolphins, and it's like, okay, let's go to the playoffs. We're not going to the playoffs, guys. It's, I, I don't think it's happening. And if it does happen, who cares because this team isn't going to do a thing. This is the most incompetent team on offense I have ever seen. Even when they have a matchup that favors them, they don't go to it. I don't understand what is going on. I, I literally, I'm an analyst without answers. I I'm supposed to provide answers about this offense, but I, I don't have an explanation for why I can call out the plays before they happen. Third and 10, let's do a three yard hitch route all across the frickin' field. Yeah, that makes sense. Or, um, fourth down, let's run it out of, run it out of shotgun, um, and not get the first down. Great. Wonderful. I mean, it's just, it's so predictable. Over and over and over and over again, you just see it happening. You see it happening over and over again, and there's no explanation for it. So everything needs to change. We didn't, we need to prioritize both sides of the football, not just the defense. We need to get some superstars in here. And, and we, honestly, if it doesn't fall on Harbaugh, you still have to ask Harbaugh at the end of this year because he, he he's picking off of the coordinators so poorly. I mean, Who Who's worse? What's worse? Ozzie Newsom picking a wide receiver or John Harbaugh picking an offensive coordinator? What's worse? What do you have more confidence in? It's horrible. It's absolutely horrible. And then, oh, I think Monday morning week has a plan. I can see his identity. What identity are you talking about, Mr. Harbaugh? What identity are you talking about? Because the only identity the Ravens have as an offense is an incompetent, incapable group. That's it. There's no positives. There's no hope we're going to get together. And if you think it's starting to come together, what's taking so long? You don't have that many games in a 16-game season. There's no hope. Not this year. And you know what? They're, they'll probably reel us back in with a couple wins against teams they should beat.
2: Yep. Um, I completely agree with what you said. I mean, this team's been pretty mediocre since Super Bowl other than the 2014 season when Gary Kubiak was in, was probably the best offensive coordinator this team's had in a very long time. Um, So, yeah, 35 and 38 since the Super Bowl. I mean, this team's just been regressing. I know we're going to talk about it a little bit about Bernard Pollard's comments, but, I mean, he kind of alludes to that about how Carl and Ozzie really just haven't brought in the talent. I mean, of course, injuries are a problem, but this this team is still underperforming, even with the weapons they do have on the field. Um, I'm not even sure if I'd call him a one-dimensional team with the run game because you still don't know what you're going to get. I mean, Collins has been great and all, but in the end, he's not a superstar running back. I mean, this team just needs to blow it up on the offensive side of the ball. Um, I saw Matt Moe from Bleacher Report said that he um, hopes the Ravens take a quarterback maybe in the first three rounds next year. I completely agree. I think they need to go for someone, not the first round, because they have bigger needs on that part. But maybe in the second or third round, you look for maybe a Baker Mayfield or someone else, I don't know, that maybe drops. Get someone behind Flacco. I mean, hes you obviously can tell he's not playing well. He's getting worse. I mean, other than the Super Bowl run and the 2014 season, he hasn't been anything special. I mean, they've had some good run games, some good defenses that have kind of carried him there. But, I mean, we kind of know the quarterback Joe Flacco. It's just not like he's going to come out next year and just have some huge breakout year. He's in his 10th year now, and, I mean, I don't see anything um, indicating that he's going to get better over the next couple of years that he's under contract for. And, I mean, like Chris said, I, I they're going to win some games if they need to, but that's not going to mean anything. I mean, there are better teams there. The Bills, Jags, and even Titans all have a um, game up on the Ravens now in the wild-card spot, so that's tough enough as it is. I'd rather see the team – I mean, I know they're not going to tank, but I'd rather see them lose a couple more games and get a better draft pick than <clears> playoffs for <throat> a team for a run that's just going to mean nothing. So. I'm at the point where it's just—it's frustrating to watch because I know we all care about this team so much, and obviously we want to see them succeed, but I think we're just at the point where it's, it kind of hit reality that this, this team is just not good. They're they are not very good. I mean, they're an 8-8 eight eight team with the talent they have, and even with some of the guys coming back, I mean, sure, tonight's going nice to have Danny Woodhead and Terrence West back, but that's just an even more crowded backfield, um, and they're going to have to cut some players to do that. So we'll see. I don't really have much confidence going into the, these next, um, these next games to finish up the season. So we'll just see what happens. I mean, I, I think they'll win the games they'll need to, and they'll, they'll lose against the Steelers and a couple other teams. So I think we kind of can pretty much gauge how this Ravens team's going to end up this season.
0: We are the Ebony Bird Podcast, presented to you by Fans Cited. Again, I'm Jake McDonald, contributor for the site, EbonyBird.com. You can check me out on Twitter, at jmcdonald95, and check out our site, uh, Twitter page, at Ebony underscore Bird. Our two site experts joining us this evening on the podcast, Chris Schistler, at FootballMan58, and Joe Schiller. Joe Schiller with two R's on Twitter, and of course, this is coming to you from either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. So, despite all of the Ravens' inconsistencies and just how painful they are to watch sometimes, they are still in it the uh the wild card teams right now the bills are 5 and 3 the dolphins are 4 and 4 the raiders and broncos uh raiders 4 and 5 broncos 3 and 5 the Charters are 3 and 5 as well and the titans and the jaguars both share a 5 to 3 record in the uh AFC south so despite all the ravens struggles they are still in the wild card race taking a look at their remaining schedule coming up after the bye week they're going to be facing uh they have a handful of games left and really only one team, the Steelers, sitting at six and two, are the only team having a winning record. There are uh, two five hundred teams in the Packers and the Lions that are both four and four right now. That the Ravens are going to face. So the order is going to be Packers, Texans who are three and five, the Lions, the Steelers, at Browns who are zero oh and eight, and then the Colts three and six, and the Bengals are three and five. Uh, so we'll shoot over to Joe and then Chris for this one with the Ravens schedule and the wild card hunt. Do you think that they will make the playoffs in the long run? I think right now it's impossible to tell what's going to happen. The NFL is such a week-to-week league, and with so many teams fighting for uh, these wildcard spots, I think a lot of the uh, – it's going to come down to not records, but tiebreakers. I think a lot of teams are going to finish with the, with the, a lot of the same records. There's going to be some teams that are going to be around 13-3, and 12-4, and, and then a lot of teams falling around 500 or one or two games below. And the Ravens have a bunch of tiebreaker losses. They lost to the Jaguars. They lost to the Titans, the Raiders as well. But uh, looking at the tiebreaker standings, and I think that's what it's going to come down to here. The Ravens are rowing free in and their tiebreaker games, and that's not even crediting the Steelers or the, uh, the divisional games that they've played. And the, and the Bengals, you could say, are still in the wild card hunt. So, Joe, then Chris, uh, do the Ravens have a realistic chance of making the playoffs with everything I've just given you?
2: They have a realistic chance. I don't think they're going to do it. I was going to touch on exactly what she said. I mean, the thing yeah. hurts them is they've lost to the Jags and lost to the Titans. And that's two tiebreakers right there and that's what hurt them last year when they um in the playoffs and they didn't win the division and they were one game away from um making in the wild card but the Dolphins jumped right over them some of these games I mean the Packers next week get it, sure it's Brett Hundley a quarterback but it's on the road it's never easy to win on the road and like you said the Battlefield's a week-to-week league and the Ravens are a week-to-week team we don't know what we're going to get with them week in and week out we saw them with an impressive win against the Raiders. who saw them with the 40-0 shutout against the Dolphins. But both times they've done that, they really came and just dropped the ball the next game. I just don't think they're good enough. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see them sneak into a wild-card spot given how easy the schedule is the second half of the season, especially with the amount of backup quarterbacks they play and the fact that they still have to play the Browns. They end the season with the Browns, Colts, and Bengals, which realistically they should all win. But I think even – and like I said, if they sneak in – I mean, what do you expect them to go up against a powerhouse like the Patriots or another good team, and they're going to get destroyed on the road? So, I mean, I think it's realistic, but I don't give them much of a chance.
1: I agree with everything Joe just said. I think he hit it right on the nail. There's really not much to expand on that. I mean, you look at this team, and I kind of – the problem is, yeah, we want to go to the playoffs, but there's a part of me that really just wants to lose. I mean, you never want to lose. You never go into a game and you say, Man, you know it would be nice today. A really embarrassing loss. But that draft pick, man, that draft pick would be nice. Especially if led to an offensive superstar coming to the Ravens. Oh never mind. We'll just take a defensive end, so it's okay we're we'll in the games. We'll just take a defensive
0: edge. Well, moving on now, there is no uh, Ravens game this week as they head into the bye. Things are kind of quiet around the castle. Uh, the Ravens entering the bye week with the 4-5 and five record, uh, as we alluded to. So since there is no game to preview because the Ravens are on a bye and they're going to uh, take the week off before they travel to Green Bay next weekend, we're going to discuss some uh, controversial uh, tweets from Bernard Pollard, who I believe is CrushBoy31 on Twitter. Just a couple quotes from what he said. Uh, dating back to – uh, when Bernard Pollard played for the Ravens in 2011 and 2012, there were a couple run-ins, particularly during the 2012 season. I believe it happened a little around midseason, maybe after the Texans lost where a bunch of the players uh, in the locker room, including guys like Ed Reed, were disgruntled. And then things really started changing. They did go through a tough losing streak close to the end of the season, but they got hot. Um, but despite the success in the Super Bowl victory, you know Bernard Pollard and Quan Bolden, a lot of leaders in the locker room uh, left way too, early, or, or I mean, according to Bernard Pollard's tweets, way too early. Uh, all of this, all of this is on his Twitter account again. If you want to go check it out, but um, it's hard to dispute exactly what he what he said because it did let go of a lot of their talent that helped them get to the Super Bowl. Um, just a couple of his quotes here. Hate to answer a question with a question, but when you watch the Ravens, are you watching Raven football? As a head coach, he is not good. Maybe special teams, but head coach, nah. After winning after, um, a head coach wins a Super Bowl, he gets more decision-making abilities. Um, he, meaning Harbaugh, obviously got that and took advantage of it. Ozzie is to blame, too. Uh, we'll go over to, you know, since there's no game, we're going to end the, pod, the Emony Bird podcast this week with this, uh, these comments, because I do believe it's, a lot of what he's saying should be taken seriously, and it's hard to dispute a lot of it. So Chris and then Joe... Uh, how did you react when you saw, or if you're just hearing about this now, or if you saw them previously, uh, what do you think about these comments Pollard made the other day?
1: Well, I was talking about this for like two or three hours of their drive home with, uh, with the guy I was driving with. Uh, I, I, one thing I like about it is he didn't throw Flacco under the bus. He was very specific, um. The flagger needs help and that, you know, Harbaugh is the problem. And I don't know if Harbaugh is the problem. I just know he's not the solution. And I think Harbaugh's ego has been a problem a long time. I I don't think it's ever should be shocking that someone accuses a Harbaugh of having an ego. That, that comes with the territory. I, I I have a little bit of trouble... Saying that, you know, Bernard Pollard's fully right, but I think the answer almost always lies in the middle. And I think he's right about a lot of it and maybe wrong about some of it, but we weren't there. We weren't in the locker room, but I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to sit here with the Ravens at four and five looking at another disappointing year after the Super Bowl and saying, you know, it, it's hard to disagree with them. Yeah,
2: I completely agree. I mean, he tweeted that first one. It was back in December of last year, and I think at that time I kind of looked at it and the Ravens were heading into that um, AFC North basically championship game against the Steelers for a chance to make the playoffs and win the division. And I was like, oh, that's, I mean, he's just kind of trying to throw some shade. I mean, the Ravens are doing well. They've got a chance to kind of get in the playoffs and stuff. But, I mean, give yeah, it almost a year to look back on it. I mean, he's right. I mean, this team has been mediocre since the Super Bowl. I think getting rid of and Bolden was one of the – um, dumbest decisions the Ravens made they could have kept around for a while and he was arguably Joe Flacco's favorite receiver and one of the best Ravens receivers we've seen in franchise history and I mean Harbaugh definitely deserves deserves a lot of the blame I mean obviously deserves blame for some of the very poor drafts that they've had since um, it's not just getting rid of some of the guys after the Super Bowl it's a lot of the poor development they've had since the Super Bowl I mean some of those drafts read, I saw uh A list of all the draft picks that they've had since the Super Bowl, and some of them just been absolutely terrible. I mean, we can just even take Rashad Perryman as an example. He's just been nothing that the Ravens expect him to be as a first-round pick, and I just don't know how you can disagree with Pollard. I mean, like Chris said, Harbaugh's definitely not the solution, and if it's not this year um, that Steve Biscotti gets rid of him, it's going to be next year. I can't see it lasting much longer than that. I mean, the Ravens just need to make a change. We talked about it a couple weeks ago. I mean, Harbaugh's been – head coach 10 years now that's honestly unheard of unless you're a Belichick or another um good coach a lot of coaches don't even last um three or four years unless you're the Browns you know lasting like six months but um (laughs) Pollard I mean I I I agree with what he's saying I mean the Ravens aren't good and it's easy to see and since the Super Bowl I think Harbaugh got a couple of years after that given his reputation and how well they did since he became head coach in 2008. But since then, you kind of have to look at him and say, that's great, and all that we won all the way up to the Super Bowl. And But since, we've, we've been mediocre. And this is definitely not the Ravens team we've seen uh, earlier in 2008 to 2012.
0: Well, there's one more quick topic uh, before we wrap up. And I just thought about this as you guys were talking. You know, it happened late last week and uh, could have been over the weekend. I can't really remember. I was, I was really, really busy the entire weekend. But – um Derek Mason, 911 calls uh, late last weekend reports of domestic violence in Mason's household. Uh, I haven't really seen a lot from uh, the Ravens' media or the team about this incident, but uh, I think Derek Mason's one of the most underrated Ravens of all time, really uh, a really nice receiver there for not only Flacco, but Steve McNair as well, Uh, really just a guy that played through a lot of injuries and was a leader um, even though he was a little bit of a diva sometimes, but a lot of receivers are divas. Um, really disappointing to see that. Uh, have, did you guys see that? What did you what did you think about that?
2: I did see it. It's. Um, I
0: think I saw on, it on pro football talk last week. And it's really
2: disappointing. I mean, um, when my dad became a season ticket holder in 2006, I mean, uh, Derek Mason was one of the Ravens. I had his jersey, and he was just a great receiver to watch and just to see this especially after his career was over. I think he was a I was reading he was a um radio analysis down in Nashville now um It's just really sad to see something like this happen. I mean we haven't really heard much since the incident happened, but I'm um, just very disappointing to a player that I kind of looked up as a kid and watching the Ravens. that really kind of got me into Ravens football just to see that happen.
1: yeah, uh it's sad, oh, you're talking about the greatest receiver the Ravens ever had. Um, you never want to see domestic violence happen period. Um don't know a lot about it. Um what I seen doesn't look good, but when you're talking about domestic violence, it never looks good. I hope there I hope there's more to the story than I know right now. Uh it's uh yeah, it's sad.
0: Yeah, I do want to clarify, There's, it sounds like we don't know a whole lot about the story, There it really hasn't been a lot published, uh, you know, around the Ravens and just, the. I mean, they're like 105 to 7 and maybe WBAL posted something on Facebook, but I didn't really see uh, any real actual coverage, like hardcore coverage of it. It wasn't a huge, you know, story. So maybe, uh, we don't know all the details, just yeah, we'll have to wait until, um, if we keep an eye on it, see what happens until we know all the facts, but certainly anytime you hear uh, domestic violence with a former NFL player doesn't bode well for the, the league or them, the player themselves. So, uh, with that being said, we want to thank you again for joining in to this edition of the Emily Bird podcast. Uh, the Ravens, you know, of course, don't have a game this weekend. I personally, uh, as much as I love the Ravens, I do enjoy an NFL Sunday here and there where I don't have to watch. Uh, the Ravens and just see what happens around the league and all the chaos that ensues and other teams beat up each other. So uh, I hope all of the Ravens fans out there listen to this Ebony Bird podcast. Uh, enjoy their weekend off and a nice relaxing Sunday. Um, hope hope for Steelers lose among all things. So uh, again, you can follow me on Twitter at jmcdonald 95 Our two site experts, Chris Schleser at footballman58 and Joe Schiller at Joe Schiller with two R's on Twitter. Our site page on Twitter is ebony underscore bird and you can follow us um on emitybird.com and this is coming to you through either iTunes or Block Talk Radio. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and Block Talk Radio. Leave us those reviews, get your opinions in, uh what we can do better, what you like about the podcast, and if you give us a five star review. Uh we may read it on a future episode. So keep that in mind. Do that for us and be sure to vote um on that one fan article that Chris alluded to earlier that was up earlier today. So with that being said, uh, no Ravens football, so we will not be talking to you this time next week. We record on a Tuesday after hopefully another Ravens win, as I always say. But we will be talking to you as the Ravens get ready to travel to one of the staples of the NFL, as I alluded to earlier, Lambeau Field. It's been eight years since they played there, and even though the Ravens and Packers aren't really uh, in a major push for the playoffs, I'm still looking forward to watching the uh, Purple and Black play in Lambeau Field Uh, Definitely a place I need to get get crossed off my bucket list as I graduate college and beyond. So uh, with that being said, we will talk to you next week again on the Ebony Bird Podcast. Thanks for listening and have a great rest of your week.